El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, mind your own damn business. Joining me today, she has been a regular listener of the Unpopular Opinion Podcast for a long time, and now she's a semi-regular guest. Don't let go of those dreams, kids. They can always come true. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have her here, Rebecca Stewart. Also joining me, he used to host a podcast on the network called Bleak and Review. And then he was hosting another podcast called Fun Hinged. And I don't know what happened to that. Maybe he'll tell you about it on the podcast. But hey, on the bright side, he's back here on Unpopular Opinion today. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Anderson. It's going to be a great show. everybody welcome to unpopular opinion i am your host adam todd brown joining me as co-host this week my favorite co-host of all no co-host but i do have a couple of guests case in point kevin anderson's here you haven't been here in fucking forever that's true i am here and accounted for hello adam hello kevin Kevin uh, used to host a, a pod called Bleak and Review on the network. What's the pod you're, ho- you're posting? A, a new pod now, right? Talk uh, here and there, and you know. I asshole. got some one-offs. What? You, you're so mad. <laughs> no, no, I uh, yeah, I Bleak and Review ended after five years. I was doing Fun Hinged for a while with my co-host Hollis Black. Hollis then moved to Rhode Island. And we have not been able to make up for the time difference because we're both very stupid people. But, you know, I got some irons in the fire and I'm, 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 I'm cooking up some more pods in the future. Wow. Moved more like rude Island. Right? Whoa. Oh, Whoa. you tell him I fucking said that, pal. More like more like road Sigh-land. Oh, that was good, too. But I think mine was better. Let's move <laughs> that on. That was good, too. Thank hey. you. Rebecca Stewart is here, too. Oh, hello. How's it going? Rebecca was just on an episode. What lawsuit did we talk about last time? Uh, oh, the Kurt Cobain, the, the Nirvana child was porn dismissed. case. Dismissed. That was the one where the guy on the artwork is saying that he didn't consent to being naked as a baby. Yes. Yes, even though he then recreated the photo over and over and over yeah. and over again. Well, when you've got one thing, why not just keep doing it? <laughs> he tattooed Nevermind on his chest. <laughs> you don't get Tried the- to convince a photographer to let him do the reenactment naked. <laughs> they declined. <laughs> Come on, let me have my whole dick out. <laughs> we are talking about some lawsuits again this time around. We got a whole bevy of, of lawsuits to talk about because here's the thing about me. I fucking love a law. Love laws. Love laws. Does everyone on here love laws? I mean, I'm going to law school. I hope I love laws. See, Kevin? I I love law, but I'm more into order. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm an order order head. (laughs) Order boy. Classic order head. Classic order boy. Order boy. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to talk about some lawsuits that are happening right now. Some of them are pretty important. Some of them just involve otters. But uh, they sure do. They sure do, Adam. <laughs> we're gonna. We are gonna run the whole gamut on this episode. 
The first one, the one that inspired this episode, uh, mostly because it's not often when I, I can say I sort of agree with Sarah Palin. Sure. But in the Sarah Palin versus New York Times defamation lawsuit, I kind of agree with Sarah Palin. It all centers around a New York Times editorial from June 14th, 2017, where they talk about the shooting of Gabby Giffords, who was the congresswoman who was shot in Arizona, and also the congressional baseball game shooting. And they referenced this map that was circulated by Sarah Palin's pack, which is called Sarah Pack, which fucking clever. So creative. You know, wolf shooting hillbilly. <laughs> Sarah Pack kid. <laughs> I just did more work than her. <laughs> and the, this map went around shortly before Gabby Giffords got shot. And it was a map of electoral districts that her pack was targeting, hoping to flip them from Democrat to Republican. And on each district, they had crosshairs overlaid, like this is the district we're targeting. So cut to the New York Times editorial. They reference that map, but they make it sound a little different. The way they describe it is it was a map of congressional districts that Sarah Palin's pack was targeting, but they made it seem like this map had pictures of each of the representatives from these districts and crosshairs over those representatives' faces. And they basically tied this map and that version of the map to being one of the inciting incidents for Gabby Giffords getting shot. And that's the claim that this lawsuit centers around, is the New well, York they, Times, they, they intentionally misrepresented what this map looked like. So Sarah Palin sued him for defamation. Well, the first thing they were going to do is they played a Judas Priest record backwards, right? And that's <laughs> what they were going to try to pin it on. And then they're like, that's a little silly. Let's go with the map. <laughs> I would note for listeners who are wondering, 2017 article, we're in 2022. Part of the reason for the delay was uh, Sarah Palin wouldn't get vaccinated and had COVID. <laughs> yeah. So they couldn't deal. <laughs> That doesn't so sound like her. Back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clear my schedule. I'm not getting vaccinated. I'll deal with my lawsuits in four years. <laughs> so, yeah, within a day of publishing this, the New York Times issued a correction that said this. An earlier version of this editorial incorrectly stated that a link existed between political incitement and the 2011 shooting of Representative Giffords. In fact, no such link was established. And they also clarified that the map did not have anyone's face on it, which seems like a minor difference, but that's it's sure. all the difference in the world here. And they say it's an honest mistake. And I don't know if I believe them. Sarah Palin's team makes a good point in that this editorial linked to another article that said they found no evidence that Sarah Palin's actions or her pack or her map, whatever, led to the shooting. But the New York Times links to that article and then kind of implies the exact opposite right. in their article. Well, far be it for me to accuse the New York Times of not being the most <laughs> reputable source of information. But yeah, like, I mean, like, if we're looking at a face value, I tell, I'm on the side of like, yeah, that's not cool. That's not uh, journalistic integrity right there. And like, yeah, a mistake would be like, I don't know, where do you get the accidental information that there were faces on a map with like, both, like, you know, like targets on their face? Like, that seems like someone was just having a good old time. Like, I feel like you wouldn't just get, I don't know. That seems like a, a not a mistake. <laughs> I will say in the defense of the times, uh, this article came out shortly after the congressional baseball shooting. They were trying to get a story out as soon as possible. Sure. This was big news. The editor who ultimately, it was a group 
effort to make this article, but the editor whose name was ultimately attached to it testified under oath that he lost sleep when he realized that they had linked to an article that directly contradicted them, which is why it was changed in the morning, that they were horrified. It was a mistake. They felt very embarrassed that it happened. Um, So I will say they did present evidence, whether you believe them or not, that holy cow, did we fuck up? We're so sorry. Yeah, and at least they did change it instead of just digging in and being like, oh, you can interpret that map however you want. (laughs) At first, the case got, I think it got thrown out right away. And then Sarah Palin appealed that, and that was overturned on appeal. But now this case has since gone to trial, and a judge ruled in favor of the New York Times. Or, no, 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 no. A jury ruled in favor of the New York Times. Right. But, uh, very weird thing happened. Rebecca, tell people what happened. So what happened was this went to the jury last Friday to start deliberations. This Tuesday, the judge announced that he was going to throw the case out, that Palin and her team had not met the standard required in order to prove defamation of a public figure. He makes this announcement while the jury is deliberating. Normally, if you're the judge and you're going to throw a case out, You do it before it goes to the jury. But what makes it better is the jury had their phones on them. And some of them got push news notifications that the judge was going to throw the case out. (laughs) And then magically, they came to a verdict that same day before the judge issued his order, unanimously in favor of the time. So not great. Certainly an appealable issue. Yeah. That sounds like something you would see on an episode of The Good Wife. Right. And you'd be like that doesn't happen in real life and then you look it up and it like happened a week before they wrote that episode (laughs) or something i need it to be a good fight ripped from the headlines episode now yeah although i don't know if they're doing more of that show oh i sure hope they do i really hope they do i love the good fight so much but (laughs) yeah that's such a weird twist and that's obviously going to open it up for them to be able to appeal this because oh yeah That seems like an obvious argument. Like, even if you can't prove they were swayed, once they get that push notification on their phone. Also, why were they allowed to have their phones? That's That's, another thing that's interesting. (laughs) So, and unfortunately, my husband is not in town, so I did not get to ask him if he has had his phone when he's done jury duty. I've never had jury duty, so don't Uh, know in what cases you're allowed to have your phone on and what cases you don't. It feels to me like a classic judges are out of touch with technology and don't realize that when you announce you're going to throw a case out, the news will push bulletins to people's phones. Yeah. I, I can't, I don't envy the clerk that had to explain this to the judge. Right. Yeah. He's like, what? You mean those things on the wire at home? How do they? <laughs> How did they get that already? They must have the longest extension cables. I don't even know. What are these? <laughs> what are we just talking on our phones now? Who's their operator? <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised that they had their phones. I went to a fucking poetry reading in downtown L.A. once, Yikes. and they wanted me to give my phone to them before I went down into the underground lair where this thing was being held. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll put my phone in the basket. Don't worry about it. And I did not, because what was <laughs> going to happen? I was going to get kicked out of a poetry reading. Oh, no. Well, you don't want to, they were, you know, the bootleg beat poetry industry is real big right now. Like they got to be protected. You have you a copywriter players on the retainer yeah. ready to go. Hollywood just can't like, they, they're fighting back against all these bootleggers who are going there and heard some guy's fucking three hour poem about how his dad hit him. Uh, 
and then well, they're, they, those are my favorite recording poems. it and then they're making movies about it that's what they're doing they're stealing <laughs> the intellectual property that's what it is i will say if the jury wasn't sequestered and i don't believe this jury was sequestered because it's not a criminal trial so the stakes are pretty low they would still have access to their phones after before they get to go home they get to watch yeah, tv that's true so i, I guess could see them having their phones i just feel like they would have been told to turn them off right but... i love that they all like got the i picture <laughs> them all getting the buzz at the exact same time but everyone just immediately no matter what it is just yeah what's going on oh yeah. okay this case isn't real anymore yeah and yeah. then they're like oh shit we get to go easy enough <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly let's just make a decision before he does and we can leave right now the, the one Which I'm sure would be the argument is like, well, if yeah. we issue the decision, then we can leave today. Otherwise, yeah. we got to wait for him to actually send it. Yeah. yeah fuck. They're that. already bitter about being there. Mm-hmm. Trying to get to Chipotle. <laughs> one of the twists in this that I found really interesting is the implications it might have for another famous libel or defamation lawsuit called the Sullivan case. Rebecca, what's the Sullivan case? Yeah, so this, depending on who you read, this could end up being a really big deal. The Sullivan case is the seminal case on defamation of a public figure. So in Sullivan, the New York Times, of course, it's the New York Times in this case too, Mm -hmm. uh, they published a full page ad taken out by the Defense League for MLK, basically defending MLK and um, saying some pretty nasty stuff about certain police forces and things like that. And in the article, they made some blatantly false accusations. They said that Dr. King had been arrested seven times there. He had only been arrested four. There was some pretty severe false and defamatory language used in that particular case. So the guy, Sullivan, was the chief of police, the chief of the fire department. He was Mr. Head Honcho of everything down there. He sued the Times. And what's interesting about that case is it basically said for a public figure, for someone who has chosen to put themselves out into the public, the standard in order to allow for freedom of speech, freedom of section, and especially for criticism of the government by the press has to be higher. So the standard they came up with is actual malice. And under the actual malice standard, you have to show that you knowingly published false information or you were reckless in your actions to its falsity. So it it creates a very high standard when it comes, and this is specifically for a public figure, on what you have to show in order to win a defamation case. And the point is, is to allow free speech, that in a democratic society, the press should be allowed to say what they want to say and to criticize who they want to criticize. And we should really try to keep the courts out of that as much as we can. So the argument is that Palin's doing this on purpose because she is hoping that she can appeal to the Supreme Court and get this overturned to change the standard. To lower it, basically. Lower the bar for when you can sue someone for defamation. My assumption is the goal would be to make it just like an average person. Yeah. Which is, uh, it just has to be false and published, essentially, is the standard for a regular person. So if one of my girlfriends who's never been on a podcast, never been on television, if Adam posts an article that they're an illegal immigrant who's smuggling cocaine over the border and all this I read that one. Yeah. Yeah. Can you not (laughs) leak the details of all my upcoming articles, please? (laughs) It's called Adam Ends His Career. (laughs) So in a case like that, it's obviously defamatory. It's obviously not true. And he's published it. That's all they'd have to show in order to win in a case like that. So that's the standard they want to get to. Particularly notable, Justice Gorsuch and noted sexual harasser, Justice Thomas, 
have both said that they are interested in reassessing Sullivan in today's time. So, oh, I wonder why Clarence Thomas is so interested <laughs> I know. in that. How bizarre. And I'll say it again. Noted sexual harasser. That is Rebecca Stewart's opinion. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> get I at us, get Clarence Thomas. Oh, I'm sure. I get right. flack sometimes for saying, oh, you mean noted sexual harasser, Chance Tom. Oh, well, he would. Fuck yeah. you. What? He's gross. He is um, gross. The so Supreme that means Court's they only need gross. two more justices to say, yeah, let's take a look in order to grant cert. And given the makeup of the court right now, I would not be surprised if they take that case up and maybe make some changes to the standards. Yeah, that's concerning. The way the right is going after the media is alarming because it's very effective. The things oh, yeah. they are doing is, have been very effective. I think the Gawker case is the best example. Yeah. When we were, as a country, howling about tort reform and not being able to sue corporations out of existence, for some reason, we never applied those standards to media companies and publishing companies. You can sue them into the fucking ground. And that's what happened with Gawker. Peter Thiel was just like, let's sue these motherfuckers until the end of time. I have enough money to do that. And that's what happened. And there's nothing stopping any rich person in this country from essentially doing the same thing. Even in a case like this, didn't someone try to do it to the New York Times? Like, wasn't there another New York Times defamation case before this? Uh, She did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it's a frequent it's a frequent issue that publications will get sued. Part of why people think that Palin is strategically trying to get this as a Supreme Court is as a plaintiff, for the most part, your best strategy is to say, I'm not a public figure, because if you're not a public figure, it is easier to win. But um, it happens a lot. And I, I will point out in terms of like how high the bar is in order to win on defamation. A great example is the Cardi B case. Because that YouTuber came out in her YouTube videos and was like, yeah, I knew that bitch was full of shit and I don't care. I got more YouTube videos. And you're like, you're on our exhibit A. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was false and I did not give a shit. And like, that's how high the bar is. Most of these cases, when it is a public figure, end up failing. Yeah. <laughs> failing, failing. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the notion that she's not a public figure is adorable. I, like, yeah. I mean, I haven't I been on The Masked Singer since season two. <laughs> well, I think she could have made an argument that she's a limited public figure, but that would still play into, right, and you sent out this email, and that's what we were talking about, so that fits into the scope of a limited public figure. This right here, me being on a podcast, this is the third time I've been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I am a limited public figure. It would be hard for me to argue that I am not for the sake of a defamation case. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't care about my reputation, so I'm not going to sue somebody for saying something defamatory about me. Say whatever you want. I know who I am. But, you know, maybe in 10 years, I'll have an employer who cares about what somebody has said about me. And that would be a problem. Yeah, it's a complicated case. It is. I'm interested to see if it goes to the Supreme Court. Man, they've given her just this huge opportunity to appeal that she really didn't need an excuse to. But the judge. Yeah. Season finale cliffhanger. Yeah, it seems like as soon as that article was published, you know, she was just like saw all of it like fucking galaxy brain. Like, oh, I could just totally (laughs) fuck the everyone up now. Like, oh, you fucked up so bad. I don't care that you fixed it. I don't care that you fixed it. You're fucked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The energy that I'm getting in his order, like my clerks talked to them. They assured me they had already come to the decision before they got the alerts and the alerts. And it's like you can say that, but I just 
the fact that they got that information yeah. just changes how they looked at everything. There's there's no way around arguing that the fact that they got that notification changed what happened in that room. Yeah. yeah. If I was in that room and I saw that notification, I'd be like, do we even have to rule at this right? point? Or do I, we just like, go, leave? Go get the bailiff. Go yeah. get the bailiff. I think we're allowed to go now. <laughs> I would just be like, oh, yeah, I guess the justice system doesn't work. And I just like <laughs> live in the woods or something. <laughs> I'd be like, man, I got TV to watch. You got to get me out of here. The good fight is back. <laughs> I just started yellow jackets. I want to go watch these women eat each other. <laughs> that show rules. It does rule. I just started. I'm loving it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about another pretty huge lawsuit that's happening right now. This one is near and dear to my heart because I worship at the temple of the NFL every Sunday. Well, not every Sunday. That'd be weird. There's only 17 weeks in the season. 18 (laughs) You sit sit in front of the TV and think about football. (laughs) You watch NFL Classic on Sundays throughout the off-season. Just watch replays of games like a fucking maniac all (laughs) off-season. Those are the guys you got to watch for. (laughs) I don't do that, but I do watch a whole lot of football. It's my favorite sport to watch on the television. I say that while also acknowledging that the NFL is a problematic institution. Now, would you say it's probably the worst major sports institution currently? No, I I I would say either FIFA or the IOC. Oh, you know what? FIFA, that's a good point. Because the (laughs) NFL doesn't sweep. Well, (laughs) actually, the Super Bowl, they do kind of sweep the unhoused out of the area. A little bit, a little bit. But the IOC and FIFA, they, they will clear your entire city of homeless yeah. people if you want them to. It's, yeah, the World Cup, they don't fuck around. Yeah, it's just a giant. And also benefit from slave labor. Yes, especially. Well, I mean, people. there's no escaping that. I mean, come on. There's <laughs> only so much we can do. <laughs> there's only so many people who are willing to work. <laughs> Big quotes. <laughs> because our How are we gonna keep conditions the... are bad. <laughs> How are we going to keep the net industry afloat if we don't have... So terrible. The NFL, there is a pretty huge lawsuit happening right now centered around one of the most problematic aspects of the NFL, which is uh, the racial disparity between players and coaches, management, ownership. What's happening? Brian Flores is the uh, recently fired head coach of the Miami Dolphins. One of the very, 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 very few black head coaches in the NFL, despite the fact that the racial demographics on the field are around 69% black, which is nice, obviously, but just the 69 part. (laughs) Yeah. Not the part where coaches, GMs, ownership is more like, yeah, about 1% black, if that. Uh, very, very, very white 
once you get into the ownership and management ranks in the NFL. And Brian Flores is a good example of what tends to happen to black coaches in the NFL. They'll get hired when a team is in the midst of rebuilding or about to start rebuilding, which means they're going to lose a lot. Like the Dolphins. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the circumstances Brian Flores was hired under. This season, they lose seven games in a row at the beginning of the season. But they also won seven games in a row at the end of the season. So it seemed like that rebuild was maybe starting to turn around. They almost made the playoffs in the same division with the Bills and the Patriots. So it seemed like maybe they're going in the right direction. And then out of nowhere, Brian Flores gets fired. And it's like, well, here we go. This is exactly (laughs) what happens with black coaches. But everyone assumed he'd land on his feet somewhere. And then it happened. At one point, Brian Flores is out interviewing for coaching jobs, and he gets a text from Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots. (laughs) And Bill Belichick is like, hey, man, congrats on being hired by the Giants as their new head coach. And Brian Flores is like, uh, I don't interview with them until Thursday. He's like, I'm still in the jury room. We're (laughs) deliberating right now. Why am I getting this text already? (laughs) And at one point, he realizes that Bill Belichick thinks he's talking to a guy named Brian Dable. Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills last season. And Brian Flores and Brian Dable both used to coach under Bill Belichick. So in this old crotchety man's phone, they're going to be side by side in his contacts. So he's scrolling through his phone. He thinks he clicks Brian Dable's name. And he clicks Brian Flores's name instead. Shooting from the hip. (laughs) Shooting from the hip with these texts. And he basically notifies Brian Flores that even though you're about to interview for this job, they've already hired the person they're going to hire. Devastating. The reason they would do that is because in 2003, the NFL passed a thing called the Rooney Rule. It's named after Art Rooney, owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers have not only, I think, the longest tenured head coach in the league right now, Mike Tomlin, but he is also a black head coach, one of the very few. And the Rooney Rule said you have to interview a black candidate whenever you have a head coaching or coaching position available. And the intention was to make it so more black coaches would get hired in the NFL. There were three black head coaches when the Rooney Rule was passed in 2003. In 2022, there are two black head coaches. Someone's losing ground. Uh, Someone seems to be working. So the Rooney rule is not working. (laughs) And what Brian Flores is suggesting in his lawsuit is that teams are interviewing coaches just to fulfill the Rooney rule with no intention of hiring him. And he points to checking a box. Yeah, he points to the Giants as an example because of these text messages. He also cites an example where he interviewed with the Denver Broncos and the people who interviewed him, including (laughs) Hall of Famer John Elway, showed up an hour late and still clearly hungover and or drunk from the night before. How do you wait an hour? I would have pieced the fuck out. after. Yeah, that's crazy. I would have been like, are they on their way? And if the answer wasn't a holy cow, we're so sorry. Yes, they're on the way. I'd be like, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm not even going to let you check this box. Like, no, I'm out. I'm not sitting here. 20 20 minutes in, you got 20 minutes in, you got a text from John Elway. That was like, be right there. Traffic is weird. (laughs) And and it was another 40 minutes. And he comes in hammered. Yeah, he just reeks of fucking whiskey. Hey, I thought we were interviewing Brian Dable. Who are you? (laughs) Where's Brian? (laughs) Every time he loses, it's always, they always think it's Brian Dable. (laughs) So he named the Giants and the Broncos in his lawsuit. 
and also the Dolphins, the team he coached mm-hmm. for, because his allegation there is, uh, one, they wanted him to violate league tampering rules to try and sign Deshaun Watson, who's currently facing like 28 sexual assault allegations. Yeah. He should be a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) Exactly. They also, he claims, offered him $100,000 per game to intentionally lose so they could get a better draft pick the following That is not enough money. That's such a low ball offer. Yeah. Money. Like as rich as they are, I'd be like a million a game. Are you crazy? Yeah. Yes. Like at least make it enough that if you get caught, you're going to be able to just live for the rest of my your life. My reputation is on the line here, guys. You got to make it worth my while. Yeah. I want a million a game and I want it buried in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. So when I have to flee the country, I can just dig it up and spend it the rest of my life. <laughs> and let me get that shirt too. I like that shirt. <laughs> Give me your watch. <laughs> yeah, give me that fucking watch, motherfucker. So Brian Flores is suing, and a lot, well, of- and he should be. It's fucking crazy. Like I, don't know, I just want to point. Like it's this thing of like this, this. When I was reading about this, it was just this thing that we do in so much of American society, which is like we make these big like things of like, oh, we're gonna move towards like uh, we're gonna be combating racism and ending racism by implementing this thing, and then it's like like they're saying is they're just doing it and they're just to, to show that they care now. Like the fact that they like, look, you have to interview a black guy. They're like, fine, we will. We're never going to hire one, but we'll do it. Like, and that's progress. Like, it's really frustrating. Well, it's much worse. The Rooney rule says for a head coaching position, you must inter- to interview two black guys, Whoa. one in person, which is how he ended up sitting waiting oh, wow. for the interview for an hour. Yeah. Oof. Like I, I could miss a phone call. Like I get that, but yeah, having to drive somewhere and wait for an hour. It's just rude. Mm-hmm. Especially Denver. Can't stress right. enough. Only place where we've ever been fucked out of money after we did a show. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, John Elway was supposed to pay you guys. Yeah. And he never showed up. He was yeah, drunk. John Elway was too drunk club. to sign the check. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sucked, man. So I, I got some statistics for you guys Stat- about just how bad the NFL is with this. Ooh. Excited to hear it. Oh, that complaint was spitting some bars. Since (laughs) 1978, only 16 winning teams have ever fired their head coach after a single winning season. 3%. Even though though black men only hold a small fraction of the head coaching positions during that time, 25%, four of 16 of the head coaches fired after a winning season were black. Even more remarkable, there have only ever been 17 black head coaches who have coached a full season. Four of them were fired after a winning season. In contrast, only 6.9 nice, nice. of white coaches were fired after a winning season, 12 out of 174. Jesus. In the 20 is, is years. It 6.9 when you're 69 on your period. Sorry, I just had to yes, that up. Okay. That is absolutely. <laughs> that's what it is. You put yeah. a towel down. That's the period. <laughs> All right. M- moving on. <laughs> In the 20 years since the Rooney rule was passed, only 15 head coaching positions have been filled by black candidates. During that time, they, there have been approximately 129 head coaching vacancies. Only 11% of head coaching positions have been filled by black candidates in a league, again, where 69% of the players are black. 
That is yes. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah some pretty harsh statistics. In addition, not a single one of the 10 black head coaches hired since 2012 still holds their head coaching job today. In contrast, 25% of the white head coaches hired during the same time frame were made employed as head coaches. Moreover, since 2012, black head coaches have been fired in an average of two and a half years, whereas white head coaches have averaged three and a half years on the job. So it's not good. It is definitely not good. Yeah. They, they oh. describe the NFL as a, a white boys club, basically, mm-hmm. especially once you get up into those upper echelons of management and whatnot. And I mean, you can see it. These are teams like this is the Giants communicating with Bill Belichick about who they've hired. Like the Giants have beat Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl twice. Why are you even friends? Yeah. Why are you even sharing information like this? Well, I don't remember the number, but Bill DeBoe had a worse season that year. Brian DeBoe had a worse season than Brian Flores. Uh, No, the, the Bills went to the AFC Okay, I thought he had his record as a whole maybe was worse. That that could very well be, yeah. But yeah, Brian Dable, he looks like the defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, but he's the offensive coordinator of (laughs) the Buffalo Bills. And yeah, the Bills' offense was great. Like, I I get why he's getting a head coaching job. It's just, man, like, and even then, does he have as much qualifications as, like, there are several, the, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator the tampa bay yes. Bucks offensive coordinator yes uh the chiefs coordinator is eric b enemy in tampa bay it's byron Leftwich, and i don't think either of them got jobs and they're like every year people are like one of the, these two are gonna get head coaching jobs soon never fucking happens and i mean it can't especially in the case of byron Leftwich, both of them like mm-hmm. it's not that they're not good at their job because the offense on both of those teams is fucking stellar. And still Brian Dable is the one getting head coaching jobs. It's nuts. It's bad times. And uh, Brian Flores, I'm really interested to see if he gets another head coaching job. I would have said he was guaranteed to before this. And now, yeah, but I now that know. he's stirred the pot, I mean, people are going to see like this organization is going to be like, oh, that motherfucker. Like, I don't know if you wrote that in the notes or so, or not, but uh, they they likening it to the uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation of like just pretty much blacklisted from the whole organization now. Like, I don't, know, I wouldn't say that he's done as extreme things, but I can see how they would view him as someone similarly disruptive, and they don't want to fuck with it. Yeah, it's a thing you see in sports a lot when players or personnel take stands like this in the 70s like we talk about the steroid scandal all the time and uh, but in the 70s there was this pitcher in major league baseball who wrote a book about how all your granddad's favorite baseball players were taking amphetamines oh yeah still were and that shit carried on deep into the 2000s but he wrote that book and he was out of the league within a year there's the colin kaepernick thing obviously in this case i could see him getting a job still because it's going to be such a bad look coming off the colin kaepernick thing where no one was willing to sign colin kaepernick this i think would be even more egregious because you could argue if you go back and look at colin kaepernick as a player like he did he was getting older. His effectiveness was waning a little sure. bit as a player. So teams had a little bit of leeway to be like, yeah, it's not because of what he yeah, did. They could hide it. They could hide it a little bit behind yeah. the fact that he's not a first round pick. <laughs> but Brian Flores is fucking younger than I am. And he just took a shit team to a winning season. Yeah. So there's zero reason why he should not get a head coaching job 
in the NFL. And if he doesn't, it's those optics are not going to be good. Yeah. So <laughs> I I'm a, I'm going to be as I said it on Kaepernick and I'm going to say it about Flores. Come to Detroit. Take him to Detroit. I, I'm sorry, but you but got the Dan man, Campbell, the walking example of CTE who will be in textbooks <laughs> in 10 years. I'm sorry, but those press conferences, I'm like, that man's going to be in a medical textbook one He'll day. Be in the bodies no exhibit. Yeah, it's like yes. you hired Trump to be your fucking head coach, but just well, the speeches. Picking backing off of your argument, Coach Caldwell was sent in to rebuild that team, and I think he did really try to bring discipline to that team. And then they kicked him out for Matt Patricia, who did nothing but be racist in the locker room and offend every player known to man. Didn't Jim Campbell take them to the playoffs? Yes, he did. Man. With Matt Stafford. You take the Lions to the playoffs, they should have a statue of you out front. <laughs> he was, I, I, I loved him. I thought he was a great coach. I loved what he was doing. And then they booted him out for that fat bearded, mm, yeah, Matt Patricia was more like Matt Patricia. Fat Patricia. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, those were both well, now, good. Write them both down, everybody. Look at Coach Caldwell now. He is not in the NFL anymore. I believe yeah. he's college football now. Which is nuts. It's nuts. It's insane. Yeah, I could. this reminds me a little bit of another famous example of this, but in a different sport, which was the Kurt Flood lawsuit. He was a player mm -hmm. in the late 60s, early 70s. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals. And at one point, they wanted to trade him to the Phillies. And he was like, uh, I've lived here 12 years. The Phillies stadium is trash and their fans are racist. I do not want to go play for the Phillies. And he refused to be traded. And he filed a lawsuit against baseball because they had this thing called the reserve clause, where even after you fulfilled your contract with a team, they got to decide where you went next. And he was like, fuck that. Once my contract's up, I should get to decide where I go next. And his lawsuit was unsuccessful, but then I think it was two white players who sued for the same thing a couple years later. And then baseball was like, all right. Yeah. Fine. Dave McNally and Andy Messersmith. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. And they didn't pass the Kurt Flood Act until 98, which is what he initially wanted to happen. You know, only a scant 28 years later. Yeah. So, you know, his legacy lives on. I'm sure. Yeah. He was dead. But no, he, you can't pass legislation quickly. No, oh no. my God, that would take all yeah. the fun out of it. Yeah. Yeah, so Kurt Flood, he was out of baseball within a, about a year or two after filing that lawsuit. But it was it ended up being for the best. And I think this Brian Flores lawsuit, it will be a huge bummer if he ends up not being able to coach anymore. But hopefully the results of this lawsuit will be for the best yeah but i mean it'll be a loss to the league as a whole if he can do what he did with miami i i can't imagine what he could do for another team and to lose that opportunity at a comeback story when your ratings are doing mm, okay yeah why wouldn't you want that why wouldn't one of the teams want to see that cinderella you're gonna make more money on a cinderella story yeah send him to another team last i read uh, he was i believe going to interview with the saints and the Saints okay. would be, that would be a good pick. Yeah, that'd be a good fit. So who knows? We'll see. I was really hoping the Bears would hire him, but I completely forgot Colts defensive coordinator Matt Everfluss was available. The fuck is that? Dare you. Speaking <laughs> of coaches who get jobs and you're like, who is this guy? That it sounds like works. a name you'd make up under duress if someone pressed you real quick and you yeah. had to come up with a fake name. Like <laughs> Matt, Ever, Matt Everfluss. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another lawsuit. Irony alert here. Republicans in New York are suing Democrats in New York because of how congressional 
district lines were redrawn following the 2020 census. They're gerrymandering. I don't like it when it happened. Don't do it to me. I only do it to you. You're the one. No. That is exactly what this is. If people are unfamiliar, the short explanation of gerrymandering, after the census, uh, congressional district maps are redrawn to reflect the new census numbers. Whoever is in control of the state house at the time usually gets to draw those maps. In 2010, it was mostly Republicans. So Republicans essentially weaponized gerrymandering and drew these insane congressional districts where it would look sort of normal, but then it would just sort of peninsula five miles up the road to get a big swath of extra Republicans. And then the map would just look normal after that. And they did that all over the country. And that is how uh, Democrats end up winning the popular vote and losing the Electoral College or just barely winning the Electoral College in the case of Biden. Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) It's because of shit like this. And Now Democrats are doing it. It's one of those things where people on both sides, when they're doing something bad and it's benefiting them, you can never get it through people's heads that, hey, it's going to be on the other side's hands once they're in power. And then they're just going to do bad with it. And even then, people on the other side will be like, no, we're not. We're the good side. We wouldn't do that. That's what the bad people do. And then when they do it, they're like, we didn't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of the case here. Republicans for years were benefiting from gerrymandering. Democrats were like, you know what? We should just get rid of it. Like we should get rid of it altogether because what they're doing in New York is technically illegal under New York laws, but it's legal under federal law. So at best, it's going to be a, a, a court fight, which is what a lot of these map redrawings have been this time around. But in New York, like they're being just as aggressive as Republicans were when they drew their maps. This is a quote from an article on The Atlantic that we will link to about one of the attempts to gerrymander a district in New York. Here goes. The district now belonging to Representative Jerry Nadler, quickly dubbed the gerrymander, slices down the west side of Manhattan, takes a ferry ride across the East River, cuts a horseshoe-shaped path through a half-dozen neighborhoods on its way to Prospect Park, then wraps around a cemetery containing the earthly remains of Boss Tweed and Horace Greeley before swallowing a huge section of Central and South Brooklyn. I don't care what anybody says. New York is the fifth character in this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just picture that map in your head. Like, this is... It's like the family circus kids walking around, (laughs) dropping the lines behind them, looking at their dead grandpa. Like, that's what I think of when I see that. (laughs) Before the 2020 census, I live in one of the more liberal cities in Michigan. And our map was this tiny line that had the entire capital city and then went out to the real OC, which was this heavily Republican white area. So you could drive three hours east and still be in the same district <laughs> by the same representative. It That's was crazy. bananas. We don't have that anymore because we did pass legislation that made that illegal. And we're now chosen by a bipartisan committee. Mm. Nice. Similar to California. We had the former governor come out to terminate gerrymandering. Hey, and you have a racist OC like we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's always fun it's to hear, you know. Super fun. <laughs> Ours is Orange County, and uh, it's not great. 
versus <laughs> Oakland County, and the only redeeming quality is it is very Jewish. So mm. it's a little diverse. Little diverse. Yeah, this is. I mean, the, the Republicans sh- should have just gone along with uh, making it illegal federally. They didn't, mm-hmm. and now Democrats are doing what they do with it. But that, I still, that doesn't mean in this case, I'm like, yeah, gerrymandering's good. Right. Democrats are doing it. Man, fuck Democrats too. Like, I, I don't know if people have sussed that out, but uh, yeah, I am, I am equally fuck Joe Biden and fuck Trump. Uh, uh, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> ha, ha, are you triggered? Are you triggered? Oh, oh no, don't say you. fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> my guys, favorite guy. <laughs> guys, how would you? My my new favorite is to respond to that with, doesn't that mean you want to fuck Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah, you're going to eat Joe Biden's ass? What I'm confused. Doing? I thought you didn't like him. Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Georgia, Republicans are gerrymandering hard yeah. on those districts. So both parties are doing it. It doesn't make it right. But we are just, I would, on the side of Democrats, saying that Democrats are finally bringing a gun to a gunfight instead that's of the, the usual yeah. knife. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like people are always like, like the Democrats have this like moral, like superiority of like, we would never stoop to their level. And it's like, meanwhile, they're just doing whatever and get like running away with it. It's like, okay, at least exactly like what you said, at least they actually fucking have some kind of combatant right now. Uh. Let's talk about the Matrix versus Warner Brothers, which this yeah. isn't really the Matrix. It's uh, when I first saw the headline, it said Village Roadshows lawsuit against Warner Brothers. And I was like, is that like a traveling antiques reality show <laughs> or something? What is that? No, that is right? the name of the company that produced the new Matrix movie. <laughs> and there have been lots of lawsuits like this. Basically, they're mad that it was released to streaming instead of just going directly to theaters first as traditionally happens. And there have been a bunch of lawsuits over this. Scarlett Johansson sued Disney over mm-hmm. it. And that was settled over out of Black court. Black Widow, right? Yeah. A yeah. movie that I think I saw. I remember there was a red guy. When I saw the articles about that lawsuit, I was like, wait, didn't that get released like a year ago? And I was like, no, the previews came out two years ago and you thought it just yeah. came out, but it did not. Yeah, I mean that the Black Widow was supposed to be uh supposed to be out a long time ago and it got pushed back so far in the mm-hmm. Marvel canon that like the release order of it made no sense almost in any way. But like I, I find yeah, like this stuff. So like it was what Matrix, it was uh Scarlett Johansson. What was the other one where they were trying to do this? Cause it's someone just trying to uh they're trying to adapt with the fact that people like, you know shouldn't be in theaters for a long time and so that's why they started releasing this but they just had no way to accommodate there was talk of they might not do chapter two of dune depending on what the box office was and i was like oh you're just shooting that film in the foot which you set up a trilogy and then you're like well no more (laughs) how dare you make me care about timothy chalamet and then take him away from me i will not accept that I'm torn on this because I know there are people who have some very legitimate gripes about studios releasing movies to streaming right away. But also, I like it. I like being able to watch. I like I I there are I'm sorry, some movies I would just rather watch at home. Yeah. Well, these in particular the Matrix and Dune, I feel like and I apologize in advance for the comment section, but I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. That feels like a crowd that is unwashed and in the time of COVID, I'm not going to share a room with them. I'm not I'm not going to touch the same seats they've touched. They they don't bring Kleenex with them. No. Yeah. No. Especially given when Dune came out. Like, that um, was, yeah. 
like very <sighs> uncomfortable with the 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 audience. I love generally speaking that audience. I married into that audience. <laughs> <laughs> But for the sake of my safety as an asthmatic, I will not be entering a room with those people until COVID is not a thing we talk about at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the studios or the producers of these movies might be overestimating how much money they're losing to this. Yeah. Entirely possible. Because Uh, I even don't get around to seeing these movies when they're released on HBO Max. I had it in my head that I was going to watch all of the Matrix movies in one day because I hadn't seen any of them since they were in theaters. And I started started watching the new one and was like, I need to refresh my memory. And you learn nothing from your weigh-ins marathon about how much (laughs) you can watch of one genre in a day. I I did not. And let me tell you, I did not make it through the Matrix movies. And there's so so many fewer Matrix movies than Wayans Brothers movies. But I got halfway through the third Matrix movie and just passed out and woke up in no mood to watch the Matrix. So I still haven't seen the new Matrix movie, even though I plotted this big course to do it. I also never saw Dune. Dune came out when I was super duper sick. And every time I would try to watch it, I would just like pass out. I got very stoned when I watched Dune and I'm pretty sure I saw it and there was a bloated Skarsgård and that's, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't tell you two things that happened in it. So in an attempt to redeem myself, we watched it the day it came out. We ordered dinner in. Yeah. We had the blind shut. I then gave my HBO password to multiple friends so that they could watch it. Yeah, you just didn't want to be around all the troglodytes. No, I know. Yeah, I just, and, and rest assured, if it is safe and they release chapter two when it is safe and they do like they do with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, sure. where they do both, I will pay for the IMAX ticket to go see that. I just, totally. I, I have limited lung function. I am not going to do anything to risk what ability I have to breathe. Especially for something like Dude. You're like, I could have missed that. (laughs) Now I'm dead. (laughs) It's a movie. It is not an election. I will not be leaving my house for that. That's fair. just went back to the movies for the first time since. Me too. uh, Candyman was the last movie I had seen in theaters. Like that brief window where everyone was like, COVID's over. Fuck you. I saw Cruella during that period. And loved it. Yeah, I saw Cruella. I saw, I think that's when I saw Black Widow. If I saw Black Widow, I'm pretty sure I saw Black (laughs) Widow. I think I texted Jeff about it. I don't know. The only uh, movie I've seen in the theaters in the last two years is Jackass Forever. (laughs) I was just going to say, I went back to theaters to see Jackass. It was great. (laughs) It's great. Uh, Friend of the show, Rachel Wolfson, is in it. She's been on the pod before. All of the Jackass movies are just such a fucking delight. And uh, this one is, too. They they always come out right when society needs them the most, too. Yeah. I was sad there was no Bam Margera, though. So Yeah. Has anybody in this Zoom room actually seen the new Matrix movie then? I have seen it. Yes. I watched it on HBO. I have, uh, I, I'm very much like what Adam was saying. Like I very much watch most, I don't go to the theaters a lot anyway. And then COVID made it even more likely that I wouldn't go. And granted, like, I, I, I don't know the business side of how much it costs, how much, like, like Adam said, I don't know how much they're actually losing by diminishing returns for in-person theaters versus streaming the same day. But I do know that I watch a lot more stuff when I can watch it at home, even if I have to rent it at home, than I would if 
to go to a theater. Like I'll rent, I'll like drop like movie theater prices on an at-home rental. Like I don't have a pro I rent. Okay. Full disclosure. I was really depressed. I rented jungle cruise for $19. Okay. I was don't, it I, worth it? No, not at all. Aww. It sucked. It was terrible, but I just was like, that's a new thing. I, and if I had seen it in theaters, it probably would have been better because it was just like all it was was a big bunch of blah explosion ships. But that's the thing is like I feel like what is the offset of like what people are willing to spend at home when all I have to do is press a button and charge it to a debit card versus go out, get refreshments, have to deal with other people and all this stuff. Like I there has to be some kind of balance. And I feel like it has to eventually be moving towards more of the latter, the more of the at home stuff. And they just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Well, just negotiate your release contracts with mm -hmm. seeming services better like have yeah. you have numbers you have historical data there is no reason why your attorneys and your accountants can't do a better job of negotiating a contract to make sure you make up for that and see the profits you want exactly say that as a person who i don't care if i ever go back to a restaurant i don't care if i ever go tailgating or to a sporting event again but i will fucking go to the movies the second i'm allowed to go to the movies i will go see a shitty movie i love the movies i love going to the movies i hope I they re-release jungle cruise for you yeah, they could charge me 45 dollars, and i'd still be like yep Friday night, Saturday afternoon, I'm going to a goddamn movie, especially when I don't have to go to school on the weekends. My ass is going to be in a movie theater as soon yeah. as it is safe to do it. And I feel like there is a small but voracious crowd with me included that are like, yeah, there's something about going to a movie in theaters that is enjoyable. But again, it's about negotiating your contract to make sure you're getting compensated for that diminished appreciation of the box office. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I love going to the movies. I'm just not. Like, I don't go to the movies enough to justify an AMC A-list sure, subscription, yeah, same. but I love going to the movies. I wonder if some of this has to do with this being a change that happened because of COVID. And I bet mm -hmm. a lot of these contracts were negotiated before COVID. That's what I was thinking, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that really made it everything have to cauterize real fast. Like these movies were already supposed to be coming out and stuff, you know. But I would also say, and this is, I am not an attorney. I feel like I have to say this on every podcast. <laughs> I hope to be an attorney come November of this year, but I'm not currently an attorney. But contracts have act of God clauses for a reason. And if a pandemic is not an act of God, right. I don't know what is. Yeah, right. And if you are not paying attorneys who can argue that for you and get a contract renegotiation, then you are worse than some bridezillas. Because I know plenty of brides who are able to get their contracts reneged because of COVID. So and what are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't know if the people who make movies realize what a tool this can be if you know you're about to put out a trash yes. movie. I guarantee you the reason the new Halloween movie was streaming on Peacock is because it fucking sucked and yeah, everyone knew it sucked <laughs> so with, by putting it on peacock they could be like well that's why it didn't do as well at the theaters we put it on peacock first and it's like you put it on peacock because it's trash everyone's seventh favorite streaming service peacock no peacock rules i fucking love peacock. I mean, no i don't doubt it i just don't have it so i'm talking shit ap bio man <laughs> the second they said a new season of that was gonna be i was like you have my money man. i did like the first season of that you can watch resident alien on peacock That's also excellent resident alien rules there's a lot of good shows on peacock fan of psych they uh, came out with a movie on peacock girls five eva is very good 
It's a peacock Ooh, I show. I have not watched that. Lady Parts. I think good. one of uh, Lady Parts my, is very good. I think one of my company's podcasts has a show on there now. Uh, is it the Shrink Next Door? Is that on Peacock or that oh, is yeah, on yeah, Apple yeah. TV? Apple TV. Okay. Uh, I'll watch that the second I came Dr. out. Dr. Death, maybe? Is it Dr. Death that's on Peacock? Dr. Death is on Peacock so starring on. Alec Baldwin and uh, oh, Sl- Christian Slater. Oh, oh, what a cast. Excellent. That's the, that's so much oh. forehead. <laughs> hey, speaking of hot pieces of actor ass, ooh, <laughs> let's talk about ooh. another lawsuit. Poor people in New Orleans versus Brad Pitt. <laughs> Here's what happened. Brad Pitt has a foundation called the Make It Right Foundation, or at least he did. And uh, name. they built <laughs> 109 solar powered homes in New Orleans' Ninth Ward. Ninth Ward, if people are unfamiliar, is an especially low income area of New Orleans that was hit especially hard during Hurricane Katrina. So that's nice of him. He yeah. went in and tried to help. These homes that they sold were situated on elevated posts to prepare for the inevitable day when that area floods again. They sold for around $150,000 each, which uh, is reasonable. Unfortunately, they also turned out to be hastily assembled structural nightmares that started disintegrating in the New Orleans summer heat. The problems stem from a product called timber sill that's meant to protect wood from decaying. And it turns out it was not able to stand up to New Orleans humidity and heat and moisture. So these homes are just plagued by mold and rotting and termite infestations. And it's all Brad Pitt's fault. 100% just Brad Pitt. That's the thing, though. Once you put your name on this, like, is it not enough to just donate a bunch of money to a cause you care about and let, like, there have to be charities that build homes for people. Well, Make It Right is just opening the door for you, bad PR, if you mess up. Like, why? Why would you choose that name? Or if you're going to, and if you're going to, well, yeah, the headlines write themselves, but then, Mm -hmm. like, if you're going to, if you're going to put your name on that thing, maybe, um... I don't know, at least allocate some of the resources to getting quality workmanship. Like, I just like that's just crazy to me that like he's just like, I don't know, I'll let them take care of it. And like not really worrying about the outcome is is what genuinely kills me. And Adam, you had this in the note is that make it right sued the manufacturer of that sealant. Right. And settled out of court. And I just where did that money go? Yes. Where Where did that money go? Did that money go? And what did they use it for? Like they yes. have been paid for all these homes. I don't know what. How did you not immediately start retrofitting those homes using that money? Yeah. What could this money have gone to? Like you got paid for all the homes. What were they out as a result of what Timbersill did? I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, and I will say, as I've pointed out in the past, Louisiana is the only state in the nation that operates under the Napoleonic Code. Oh, yeah. So it's hard for me to even comment on what happened with that money because- their case law is totally different. How they operate, I have no frame of reference. So oh, wow. maybe maybe they didn't get the money. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What did guess... Napoleon say back in the day about this? <laughs> what is Napoleon's right. opinion on termites? I don't Google have Napoleon... case about this. Google Napoleon quotes about timber sill, somebody please. Yeah. <laughs> See what he had to say. So yeah, this, this lawsuit's been filed. There are 58 people who are suing it's a class action lawsuit and of course brad pitt is the focus of it because it's his foundation like he didn't build the houses but you put your pretty ass brad pitt face on this foundation 
And people are going to come after that face when things go wrong. And uh, like on the one hand, Brad Pitt could probably afford to just give these people their money back. But also that's like $8.7 million. And that's not how rich people stay rich. <laughs> right. So. One, again, don't don't donate to foundations. Don't found foundations. If you want to put your money somewhere, be like Ryan Reynolds. Buy Mint Mobile. Fucking love Mint Mobile. <laughs> I am 100% switching to Mint Mobile the second our contract is up. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm sold. I want this. It's so cheap. It's so fucking right? cheap. This episode, of course, brought to you by, by Mint, Mint Mobile. Mobile. Here, yeah, sure. They don't even if have to have pay me. you have access to Wi-Fi. <laughs> they don't even have to pay me. I, I do like though when you say that's how rich people stay rich, like Brad Pitt. Like, look, look, if I had to give out eight million dollars every time I create a company that makes terrible low income, like I would be broke. I guess, like, like it is genuinely a thing he has to consider. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm not even being that facetious. It's like he literally has to do that. Yeah, Come on, he's got you know seventeen children with Angelina Jolie. Right now, she's got to go back to acting to pay for all them kids. So I'm I sure hear some of those all kinds of money. <laughs> I hear some of those kids are falling apart too. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that happens. Their foundation sometimes. wasn't very stable either. <laughs> so, yeah, just donate your money. Don't, yeah. don't try to be a hero. This is like when actors do their own stunts. It's like a good job putting a stuntman out of business, fuckface. Mm-hmm. What are you Unless doing? Unless it's Jackie Chan. No. And jeopardizing <laughs> the entire production because what happens when you get injured and you can't film anymore? Yeah. Tom Cruise <laughs> fucking holding up Mission Impossible, hurting your little hand. Fuck you. (laughs) All right, let's talk about one last lawsuit. This one's near and dear to my heart because we just talked about a very similar thing a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Call back to a recent episode. We did a local news roundup episode recently and talked about a lawsuit involving a giant otter that attacked the shit out of a child at an aquarium in Dallas. And I did not know otters hated kids this much, but this has happened again. And there is now a second lawsuit. The first was filed in October claiming an 18-month-old boy was severely injured when an adorable giant otter attacked him at the Dallas World Aquarium. I should confirm, on the last episode, we looked into it. Giant otter, when it's standing on its hind legs, maybe two, three feet tall. So this isn't like some hulking six-foot muscle-bound otter right. that is just a, a horror like a show sea to lion. look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, giant. It's not terrifying giant. It's just bigger than normal otters. And uh, And angry. And this kid gets attacked by this otter. It completely overreacts by bleeding profusely. So parents have to rush him to the hospital. Takes 12 stitches to close up this wound. Then then this kid gets an infection and is in the hospital for another four days. Has gnarly scars as a result of it. And in their lawsuit, they were like, hey, there were no signs that said otters sometimes attack and uh, can possibly jump over this plexiglass enclosure. And apparently there are still no signs or warnings that otters can attack and jump over that enclosure. Because well, it just Adam, happened again to a two-year-old girl. Adam, they otter put some up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been waiting since this story was brought up to do any otter joke. And there it is. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> that was just, a good one. <laughs> I want to know, why are you holding your babies over the otter plexiglass? Like, it let seems like an avoidable ground thing. level and be adorable and bang on the grass and piss them off that way. Why are you holding them within reachable level? Yeah, I, I get it with the first time it happened because you don't expect like that guy was the guy carrying his kid was tall. He was like six, three. And so when he was holding his kid, the kid was above the enclosure. And you don't expect that an otter is just going to come leaping out of the water yeah. 
and attacking your kid. But once you hear that it's happened at your local aquarium, I think yeah, then you take some place. you take some precautions and maybe don't hold your tyke up over the top of the plexiglass. Not maybe just skip blame, that exhibit. Skip yeah. the exhibit, maybe. But I <laughs> but check out the penguins. Say they're wild animals. They are not pets. Just you should assume everything at the zoo can and will attack you. Yeah. Well, I, I was surprised at the description of the, the pen because at the Long Beach Aquarium here in sunny California, uh, the otter exhibit is there's no way that anything could go. It's like because you're indoors and it's this big you know, glass thing, but there's no there's a roof and they're like outside. But you're looking outside at them like there's no that's like the penguins. Sure. You got a little plexiglass thing going on. Penguins ain't going to snatch a kid. Uh, otters are, you know carnivores they're pretty aggressive that might not be the best enclosure for otters to be in fun fact they have the same bite force as a german shepherd oh puppies yeah naughty otters naughty otters don't mess around yeah i was at the seattle aquarium over the summer and i do believe their otter exhibit is one that the plexiglass is kind of low also but i think those are just little regular baby otters one of those comes jumping at you you just catch it and give it some scritch scritch little pet pets little bell bells hold his hand (laughs) yeah hold it while eat something off his stomach see how he likes it it's like a baseball game you catch an otter you get to keep it yeah it's yours now yeah bring your even if if somebody was about to get (laughs) catch the home run (laughs) if you snatch that otter it's out of play yep so yeah be careful when you're going to the Dallas World Aquarium. Everybody. Dallas should just put up some nets, you know, just put like a, a temp- even a temporary roof over that thing. You or know? just make the fucking plexiglass higher. Yeah, there's so many easy solutions. Or like danger otters yeah. keep out of reach of babies. They could do that thing where, you know, you have like a railing that like pushes you back like okay this is how far away you're supposed to stand from the enclosure but people just duck under that anyway nobody gives a shit i mean yeah that's the problem <laughs> is that people are dumb no matter what you do i gotta so. dangle i gotta dangle my kid in this <laughs> for the gram i gotta get for the, the gram. yeah but oh i got a dead kid for the gram yeah and the, <laughs> shit. this is texas so the owners of the aquarium are probably like a government's not gonna tell me what to do with my otters man well, we got maskless Texas, otters. Texas probably has some law that like zoos have zero liability to anyone who yeah. enters them. You've waived your rights the second you entered the yeah. zoo. I w- would not surprise me. That zoo is for sure open carry. Like, yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> but you can also shoot any animal that threatens. <laughs> that's the thing. You stand your ground. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 lawsuits. That's all. That is literally every lawsuit happening that's in the country right now. That's it's all of them. Yeah, we went through. Courts them. are behind, guys. They can only. Um, Except so much. Yeah, COVID, it's really putting a strain on workforces all over the place. We're out of truck drivers. We're out of retail workers. We're out of food workers. We're out of judges. Those are all the things we're out of as a country. We right were now. already low with, with those to begin with. So we were low on judges and not because it allows us to create asylum backups and we can just no. send people back to the country they came from as a result. No, absolutely not. That's irrelevant. Look over here. There's nothing <laughs> happening over here. It's just bureaucratic red tape, man. So here's the thing. The otters are innocent. I want to. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to make that clear. And uh, I think that's our episode. That uh, That's all That's all the lawsuits. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for doing the pod. I thank appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me again. This is great bar prep. I love getting to do this. 
this is great bar prep for me too, because I always drink after I record. <laughs> always. I always have to. We talk about such depressing shit. I'm like, let me go get numb. I'm pouring one out for the otters tonight. <laughs> exactly. Those otters on death row now. Shout out to our otterance. Otterians. Fast track the otters on death row. So bizarre, but in yeah. Texas, they got a law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, Rebecca, I don't know. Do you have anything to plug? I, I pay Adam more money. <laughs> yes. I would like that. Please, please do that. Uh, Kevin, how about you? Hey, you can find me on the social medias at KB Anderson. Yo, that's where I do all my, my quirky things and my funny things. And, uh, I run a monthly comedy show here in North Hollywood. If you live in that area, come see Avatar 2 at the Good Night. Our show is called Avatar 2. Uh, we're just trying to get a lawsuit. It's very fun. Um, our next one, by the time this comes out, will be March 26th. I believe that's going to be Avatar 2, The Secret of the Ooze, and Vanilla Ice will be there. So come through. Ooh. Very nice. Uh <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. It's Todd with one D. I'm going to be doing some new stuff soon and I'll be promoting it there. Also, patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can sign up and get bonus episodes of all our shows at both of those places, you goons. What are you waiting for? <laughs> As a consumer, can endorse. Very worth the money. Hey, thank you. You hear that, everybody? And Rebecca's a lawyer. No, wait, no. <laughs> almost. No, wait, no, almost. No, 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 no. Sorry. Everything retract she says that, should be that. taken as legal advice, though. Right. Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> because she is a lawyer. <laughs> as legal advice oh. at all. God, I'm botching this shit. I to just everything. paid oh, the sorry. Bar Association $775 to do a background check on me, so don't tattle on me. Rebecca is a chef. And... Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I got it wrong. Everything Kevin said should be yes. taken as yes. legal yes. advice. Yes. Yeah. Except the otters getting the death penalty. I am not for that. Do take <laughs> advice from podcasters and comedians. Yes. 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 Especially We're the on, modern day philosophers. Especially Absolutely. on health matters and, and <laughs> yes. the like. I just found out where my liver is, everybody. So listen to me when it comes to that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get out of here. Rebecca, say goodbye. Goodbye. Kevin, say goodbye. Otter revoir. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.